In case you need a reminder, today is Sunday. I mean, have your days blurred together as much as mine have? Maybe like me, you wake up some mornings at a loss for what day it is. Maybe your work days have blended right into your weeknights and your weekdays into your weekends. We are living in such strange times. Psychologists have a term for this. It's called temporal disintegration, literally the disintegration of time. It's what happens when all of our normal time markers have been disrupted to where we lose our bearings on what time or day or even week it is. Whether we realized it or not, we needed the daily routines of taking kids to school and going to work and having lunch and picking up kids and fixing dinner to orient ourselves to daily life. And we needed family trips and nights out with family and friends to orient ourselves to weekly life. And now that for many of us, graduations and vacation plans are in total limbo, we're starting to lose track of what time of year it is. That's what happens when you lose the touchstones of the familiar. We lose our bearings and we grasp for something else to anchor our being. So, I think that's why Esther is such a timely and important book for us to share together today. The book of Esther is one of the Bible's greatest examples of temporal disintegration. There's even disagreement as to where it belongs in the Bible. In our Protestant Christian Bible, it's listed with the books of history. Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. But it's interesting that in the Jewish Bible, it's actually a book of wisdom. Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Esther. Why? Well, because the story of Esther is not really meant to tell us about actual events from the past with precise historical detail. Instead, it's meant to push us into discovering something new about how we live today. The closest this book comes to anchoring itself in a historical moment is in the name of the king Ahasuerus. Now, there was no Persian Ahasuerus. Scholars have had to stretch a bit to connect him to a real king, Xerxes. Otherwise, it's a lot of temporal dislocation. But there's a lot of theological dislocation here too. The book of Esther has none of the typical faith components that we come to depend on in every other book in the Bible. For example, there is not a single prayer lifted up by any character in the whole book, including Esther. There's not a single act of worship by any group of people. And then the big one, God is not mentioned once in the entire book. It is the only book in the entire Bible to not name God, not even once. So we walk away from reading the book of Esther thinking to ourselves, what time period are we in? And where is God in the midst of all this? Sound familiar? I think Esther is the perfect book for any of us right now suffering from temporal and even theological dislocation, like during this pandemic. For any of us who need a gentle reminder, not only of what day it is, but where God is in the midst of these strange days, the story of Esther arrives for such a time as this. I think Esther gives us two valuable principles to hold on to. 
These are two character qualities of Esther's remarkable life that you and I can claim for ourselves. Two things to look for every day during these really weird days. These two qualities are beauty and bravery. The first thing we find out about Esther is that she is beautiful. But this is important. It was not simply her external beauty that was remarkable. It was her inner beauty. Because if this, if this is all were about obvious beauty in plain daylight, then we may not have even heard of her. In fact, in the Talmud, which is an ancient collection of rabbinic teachings on the scriptures, it says that Esther actually had a bit of a greenish complexion, like that of a myrtle plant. I, I, I'm not really sure what that means. Except that this rabbi says, quote, God endowed her with an ingratiating kindness. This made her appear beautiful in the eyes of the king and all the people. So here's the thing that we can come to discover about Esther before she even does anything heroic. The beauty of Esther was not just on the outside, it was her inner beauty, the beauty below the surface. So here's the first principle for you to claim every day. There is beauty all around us if we will just look for it. In fact, take a look at Esther's name. Esther was a Jewish person living in Persia, and the, the Persian meaning of Esther's name is star. But the Hebrew root for the name Esther is the word hidden. Literally, Esther means hidden star, a beauty that is hidden. And she's a reminder to us that in every moment, no matter how odd or displaced we might feel, and no matter how absent God might seem from you, God's beauty is there. Not always in obvious and bold ways, but in subtle and steady ways. And, and we just have to discover it. And I suggest to you that each day you look for beauty in your day, in the world, in your neighborhood, in your relationships, and even in your own life. You might even choose to create beauty, to discover some hidden expression of beauty within you that, that you can share with someone else. These are, these are odd and disorienting days, but they offer you a gift to change the pace of your life and to force you to look for the hidden beauty that is embedded in your life all around you. God's beauty is around you all the time. You just don't always notice it. I love what biblical scholar John Stevenson says about this text. He says, a coincidence is a miracle in which God prefers to remain anonymous. Last month, at the end of a news broadcast in Ireland, with cases of COVID-19 rising throughout the country, a news anchor concluded with a video of the famous Irish poet Derek Mahon. He recited his poem, Everything is Going to Be All Right with scenes of tranquil skies and beautiful waves with sunlight peeking through the trees and peaceful city skylines. And as he recited his poem with cases of COVID-19 rising everywhere, his words were a reminder that you can find the hidden beauty of God every day if you will just look for it. He says, how should I not be glad to contemplate the clouds clearing beyond the dormer window, and a high tide reflecting on the ceiling. There will be dying. There will be dying. 
but there is no need to go into that. The poems flow from the hand unbidden, and the hidden source is the watchful heart. The sun rises in spite of everything, and the far cities are beautiful and bright. I lie here in a riot of sunlight, watching the day break and the clouds flying. Everything is going to be all right. So look for God's beauty every day. It's there. But Esther is not only known for her hidden beauty, she is also known for her bravery. In a time when her fellow Jews living in Persia were subject to sure genocide, Esther stepped up and forsook her own life for the well-being of others. She risked breaking royal law and the punishment of death by pleading her case before the king, and she said these words, quote, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Just like there is beauty all around us, so are there acts of bravery in our community. The healthcare workers who are putting their lives on the line so that others might live, the grocers and, and workers all along the food supply chain, the first responders who keep us protected and safe, the teachers and school officials who keep our, our children educated. People are displaying acts of courage all throughout our community. And there is hidden courage within each one of us that we are summoned to display. You are called to be courageous and brave in the face of fear for the sake of others. In the 19th century, uh, there was a songwriter named Frances Havergal. She lived most of her life in frail health, but she lived with bravery. She had a lifelong passion for, for Jesus Christ and a desire to share God's love with others. And one day in 1874, Frances Havergal found herself staying for five days in a house with 10 other guests. Some of them were not followers of Jesus. Others were just lukewarm Christians. And while staying with them, Francis conjured up an inner courage to be a blessing to the others in that house, to share with them the, the love of Jesus. And so she prayed to God this prayer, Lord, give me all in this house. And by the time she left, every one of them had given their hearts to Jesus. There was a rush of joy in her heart that inspired her, the songwriter, to write what would become one of our great hymns, Take My Life, Let It Be, Consecrated Lord for Thee. So, inspired by the words of her hymn, and in the spirit of Esther, in whom God summoned both beauty and bravery in the moment, I invite you now into a time of prayerful reflection using the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. It's performed by the members of our handbell choir and produced virtually for this unique time. And as you hear this song, I invite you to say a prayer to God. It could be something as simple as, God, when I wake up every morning, even, even when I don't quite know what day it is, help me to find the two sure and certain things about today. Help me to discover beauty somewhere in the world, even creating it myself. And help me to be brave, to have the courage to face these days without fear, to love and serve you and others in need. I invite you to be in prayer 
as we receive Francis Havergal's song, Take My Life and Let It Be. Our scripture reading today ends with what is probably the most famous phrase in the entire book. Esther's cousin Mordecai says to her, perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. You have been called by God for such a time as this. Discover beauty, display bravery, one day at a time. In the name of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, Let all God's people say and type, amen.